0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: Oh, come on now. You know you deserve it. A steak patty on any McDonald's breakfast sandwich. I mean any breakfast sandwich. Biscuit, McMuffin, Bagel, McGriddles. A juicy steak patty on any breakfast sandwich. And when you order through the app, buy one and get one free. Now go get them. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word harvest to the number eight. Seven seven five five two four seven four six. 4746 Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message.
2: Guys, this is the last message in our series. Let's be kids again. Has this series been good to anybody? Online wave at me if it's been good to you. In the building, wave at me if it's been good to you. Online, I need you to make sure you like the video. Tell me where you are watching from. And make sure that you clear that, click that share button. Tap that share button. Everybody, lift your hands. Say, God, speak. I'm open. And I'm ready. I need to hear clearly from you. I believe the word. You're going to do more in these last four. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're in the last message in this series called Let's Be Kids Again. And this came from Mark chapter 10, verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a what? Like a child will never enter it. And I've taught you that the kingdom belongs to those. Let's see if you remember the rest of it. And David demonstrates these eight principles of how to be a kid again. Let's run through them. Number one, kids are fearless until taught to fear. I pray that your fear be gone. Mm. Whenever you are fearful, it is an indication it's time for you to use your faith. Fear, watch me, is not the opposite of faith. Fear is the indicator that it's time to use your faith. Opposite of faith, since it's not fear, the opposite of faith is certainty. See, watch me, we walk by faith, not by sight. I don't need faith if I can see it. I don't need faith if I can touch it. I don't need faith if I can smell it. I don't need faith if I got it. I need faith for what I can't see. I need faith for what I cannot touch. I need faith for what does not look possible. I pray that your fear would be vanquished tonight. Come on, you all. Lift up your hands in the building. End online. Say, Lord I, I, Lord, I release my fear. Say, and the next time I sense fear, it's my indicator to walk by faith. Say, it won't shut me down. It's going to stir me up. I pray that the next time fear tries to come on you, that something in you would, something in you would rise up and you would begin taking big steps of faith. Come here, Peter. I pray the next time you're looking at a body of water, you'd say, you know what? This is my indication. It's time for me to walk. I Number two, number two, number two, kids are ridiculous until taught to be too reasonable. And you need ridiculous faith. Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a regular, reasonable life. Nobody wants to be a regular, reasonable person. What do you mean reasonable? Uh, There's lots of people who are living regular, reasonable lives because they refuse to do things that are ridiculous as it relates to their faith. If you want to see big, you're going to have to do big. If you want what you've never had, watch me. You're going to have to do what you've never done. I pray God stir up your ridiculousness mm. in a good way. Y'all better talk to me Wednesday. I pray that you start sowing seed that when you look at it, you're like, this is a ridiculous seed. Guess what? That means you're about to get a ridiculous blessing. I I pray you start praying prayers that are ridiculous prayers. Guess what? That means you're about to see a ridiculous answer. I To somebody next to you and say, let's do something ridiculous. Literally, that's what Saul said to David. When David was going to fight, uh, David ran up to Saul, the king, and he said, listen, I will fight this giant. What was the giant's name? Goliath. Goliath. Saul said to him, don't be ridiculous. Now, Saul said that as a way to try to shut David down. But what it reveals to us is that David, who's acting like a kid again and for some of you watch me here's why you're about to win because you're about to walk up on a situation walk up on a circumstance and while everybody else is running you're gonna do something ridiculous while everybody else is scared to start it you're gonna walk out there and say this is the perfect opportunity for me to do it while everybody else is shutting down and pulling back watch me we're about to launch out i wish i had some ridiculous faith people in the building M, don't lie I need to make sure that you're sitting next to somebody ridiculous if you got ridiculous faith on three reduce release a ridiculous praise one two three go ridiculous 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 I wish I had a runner right there to do something ridiculous I said I wish I had two runners right there to do something with. Ri- I wish I had somebody online that would type a ridiculous emoji I don't want a reasonable, regular life. Jesus did not die for me to live a reasonable, regular life. He says, I am come that you might have life. Here's the ridiculous part. And life more abundantly. Not regular, not reasonable. It's about to be ridiculous. Number three, number three, number three. Kids are adventurous until talk to play a too safe. Kids will take an adventure until you teach them, don't go over there, don't do that, you can't have that, sit down. You're too young for that, don't touch that, you can't go over here. I, I don't know about you, but I used to love as a kid, I still love it as an adult, going to theme parks. And I, and I used to always want to ride the rides that they would say, you're too... And I was adventurous, I was like, I appreciate what you're saying, but what I'm telling you is, is that I'm practically this height. And then I, then I learned to hustle. The hustle was, is that you needed to wear high tops. You needed to wear shoes that had a little heel on them. So that that little bit, and you know, they, they, they would, you know, they not, you're right up under, I said, no, I'm no, I'm not. And then I learned, okay, wait a minute, but my hair, I used to have hair. So I would let my hair get me over the line. Look at me, some of you all, watch me, you have let life take away your sense of adventure. Look, look, look at me, look at me, not you, but your neighbor. Their existence bores them. But you about to get your adventure back. Matter of fact, when you leave church, go home a different way. When you, when you go to work tomorrow, go a different way. Why? Stir up the sense of adventure in you. But watch me. When we, we transition from where we were into this temporary location, I said, God, God, this is about to be an adventure. And guess what? I'm going to make the most out of it. Because if I can handle my adventure well, I'll be trusted with something amazing. Say, Lord, restore my adventure. Lord, restore my adventure. All right, watch me. Number four, uh, kids are inquisitive and they're taught to be too quiet. Now, let's be clear. Um, you don't need to run your mouth all the time. All right? Okay. Sometimes it's good to just. <laughs> I, well, watch me. But some of you all, you, you, you don't ask anything. And the Bible says you have not because you, watch me, ask not. You stopped asking because as far as you were concerned, there's no way it can be done. Look at me. Why have a God if everything that can be done, you are the extent of what can be done? See, watch me. I think there's some people around me and some people online that can say, you know what? God, I'm going to ask you for something that seems totally out the box, crazy, ridiculous, adventure. And watch me. I'm even scared to ask for it. But I need some Joshua's that'll say, listen, I'm beating my enemies down right now. And the sun's starting to go down. God, I've never heard anybody ask you for this, but can you make the sun stand still while I beat their head to the white? I've never heard anybody else ask for it, but I've got a kid on the inside of me that's inquisitive. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, ask for what you want? I taught you how David, literally David, he he was uh, fearless. David did something ridiculous. David was adventurous and David was inquisitive. Saul, the king, put his armor on him. And Saul said, you need to wear my armor to go fight and take Goliath down. So David, watch me, David, the Bible says he took it off again, which means he put it on once, saw it didn't work, second-guessed himself, put it back on. And when he put it back on, he was like, this is not going to work. Who told you, David, you could even ask that type of question? When you're a kid, you don't know that it's a dumb question. And some of you all, watch me. I rebuke the fear in your mind. That, well, I'm not going to ask that. That's dumb. No, the only dumb thing is not to ask for it. Because while you're scared to ask for it, all you have to do is ask, and it would have been given to you. All right? All right, let's go to the next one. The kids uh, are fight for others until they're taught to be selfish. David kept saying, you've defied Israel. David kept saying, we, us. It kept being about something bigger than him. And hear me, to be a kid again, whatever you're doing can't just be about you. It's got to be about winning for more than you. Lord, do this for my church. Lord, do this for my family. Lord, do this for my house. Lord, do this for my children. Lord, do this for my department. Come on, open your mouth and say, Lord, don't let me be selfish. All right, let's go to the next one. Y'all still with me? Number six, kids are creative until they're taught to be like everybody else. David literally got creative. What did he do? He used a slingshot. David used a slingshot. Now, everybody else thought, hey, you need to use a sword to kill Goliath because Goliath is between 6.75 and 9.75 feet tall. You need to use a slingshot to kill him because that's what everybody else uses. But when you got a kid on the inside of you, you'll get creative and say, I know that's what you need to win. But what you don't understand is it's not about my weapon. It is about the God that is with me. Y'all going to talk to me tonight. This thing is not even about the weapon in my hand. This thing is about the God that's going to be with me, which means this doesn't look like it's going to work. Let's be honest. Give me the little things. Just put them right there. Just put them right there. Oh, that's me. David, you got five stones, but five represents grace, favor supernatural. Look at me. Five as a Hebrew represent the first five books of the Bible, which was the only word they would have had. So five represents the word of God. Well, John chapter one says in the beginning was the word and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, which means if I'm got the word, that means I got God. So since I got the word, I got God, I got the word, I got God, I got God, I got the word, which means what I actually used against you, Goliath, was the word. So while you're talking what you're talking, that's why I had to talk back. So every time Goliath taunted him, David would clap back and say, listen, you have defied the armies of the living God. He'd use the word against him. And for some of you are watch me. You need to learn how to talk back to your situations and use the word against the situation. You need to learn how to act like... You remember when you were a kid and somebody say something crazy to you and you clap back and say something crazy to them? I need you to get your crazy back just a little bit and talk back to your situation and say, if God be for me, he makes me the head and not the tail. He makes me above only and never beneath. All I do is triumph. David took down Goliath with something this small. You keep saying... I don't have what I need. You don't need that much. Whatever you do not have, you do not need. Whatever you do not have, you do not need. Whatever you do not have, you do not need. And sometimes God will make sure you don't have what you think you need so you'll recognize that he's what you need. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, Lord, make me creative. Lord, make me creative. See, some of you are, you going to take, watch me, the one year you did go to school and turn that into a seven-figure business. you. You keep saying, well, as soon as I finish the degree, you better not wait three more years until you fa- You better take what you got and get what you want. Please lift your hands. Say, Lord, restore my creativity. See, to, to regular people, this is nothing but a bunch of milk crates with little cardboard wheels on them and some stuffed animals. But to a kid, a kid says, I got a choo-choo train, which means it's what I call it. So while you're looking at what you got, instead of calling it a negative, call it amazing. You may not have nothing but two fish and five loaves of bread. Here's what you need to say. I got 5,000 fish dinners. And that just fed the men. That doesn't include the women and children. You need to say, I got 15,000 fish dinners. I need some of y'all to look at your house and say, I have an amazing mansion. 12 back. I need you to call it like you want it to be. If your children ain't acting right, don't just call them what they acting like. Call them what you want them to act like. You mighty man of God, you. You incredible woman of God, you. You ain't no thought, no. You a woman of God. You, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Calling like you want it. All right, let's look at this next one. You ready? Number seven, kids ask for what they want until they're taught to ask like there's limited supply. A kid will ask for whatever they want because as far as they're concerned, when they come to you as their parent, you have unlimited supply. They don't know nothing about no bills. They don't know nothing about no budget. They don't know nothing about no money. That's why they ask you for stuff. You're like, do you know how much that costs? Listen, parents, stop saying that to your kids because you're teaching them doubt. (laughs) Stop teaching your kids what they can't do. Show them what they can do. All right, son, you want this? Great. We're going to to start this business. Let's get it. All right, watch me. Look, look, look. Kids ask for what they want. A, ch- a child will come ask you for stuff. They have no clue how much it costs. They have no clue how to get it. They, they don't know nothing about nothing, but they saw what they wanted and asked for what they wanted. James says, you have not. But now, let's just let that settle for a second. I'm going to shout you in a minute. Bible says, if you don't have it, the reason you don't have it, It's because you never asked for it. Look at me. Here's what most of us do. We assume. But the Lord knows what I want. Mm -mm. You got to open your mouth and ask for it. Closed mouths do not get. And some of y'all got an attitude with God because he didn't give you what you thought. But never asked for. It's quiet in the building. You ready? All right, let's go. Number eight. Kids believe that anything is possible because they haven't been faded by failures. Say, my failures won't keep me down. Say, my failures won't get me down. Say, I won't be faded by any previous failures. A child can fail and get right back up and get right back in the game. A ch- I literally saw one time a kid bust their head on a coffee table and got right back up like nothing happened. And they only started crying when their mother ran over. And, oh, you Okay. See, some of y'all, you want God to run to you, to, to coddle you instead of let you get back up and keep it moving. Y'all got to hear me tonight. God says, I see that you busted your head, but the reason I didn't run to your aid is because I need you to stand back up and I need you to keep it moving. And I pray that no failure in your past would keep you faded. What does that mean? That you would reduce your sense of expectation. I pray that any failures from your your past would not keep you from pressing forward. Say, I won't be faded by my failures. So here we go. Then anything becomes possible for David. David literally does those eight things. I walked you through that. And we see in 1 Samuel seventeen fifty, the Bible says, and David triumphed. Come on, say your name. Triumphed. Triumph. I need you to get used to your name next to the word triumph. Your name next to the top producer. Your name next to the one always getting promoted. Your name next to the one 100 top people in your profession. Your name, come on, y'all. I need you to get used to seeing your name at the top. Come on, say your name. Triumphed. With only a sling and a stone, for he did not have a sword. He did not have what everybody else thought he needed because God likes using underdogs. He used the stuttering man, Moses, to lead two million people. God, why didn't you pick somebody that can talk right? I want to talk to some of you all where you keep looking at what God, the demand he puts on you, and you keep saying, God, why are you putting this demand on me? Why not put it on somebody else? Because he wants somebody that will recognize this did not happen because of me. This happened because of God. I need you to lift your hands and say, didn't nobody do it but God? I know that's not good English, but you understand what I'm saying. Say, nobody did this but God. David couldn't even say, look, it was because of my great skills. Because David knew there's no way it makes sense that this little thing and one little rock took down this big old dude. This does not make sense. This is impossible. But when you're a kid again, the impossible becomes possible. Touch somebody on the shoulder and say, that's where you're about to live. Say for the last four months of this year, Come on, tell them say, for the last four months of this year, you're stepping into the impossibilities of God. Say, you're about to see the miraculous of God. Come on, you're going to have testimony after 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 testimony after. Anything becomes possible. And then. After David is on this high, he's anointed to be king in 1 Samuel 16. Then in 1 Samuel 17, he literally takes Goliath down. David is put in time out for 16 chapters, and each of those 16 chapters is roughly one year each. And from 1 Samuel 18 until the ultimate triumph in 2 Samuel 2, when he's given the southern part of the kingdom, which is called Judah, And then in 2 Samuel 5 and 3, he's given the entire kingdom, which is called Israel. But David, I taught you on Sunday and last Wednesday, David was transported to triumph through trauma. We see his triumph. We see him being crowned king. But to get to the throne was trauma. We see him celebrated by everybody. Long live the king. Long live the king. The people are bowing their knees before him. His brothers who used to talk trash have to now take his trash out. I feel bad for the people who stepped on you thinking that they were going to get somewhere. Because the people who stepped over you, watch me, they're going to need to have to step back to you to get to where they're going. Oh, God, let me tell you how God works. They'll always need you before you need them. You ready? All right, so watch me. So David gets the ultimate victory, but he gets to the throne through trauma. And watch me. Uh, Trauma is what? Deeply distressing or disturbing events. It's also the emotional shock after trauma. And in Job 16 and 14, the Bible teaches us why God allows trauma. He breaks me with wound upon wound. He runs at me like a warrior. What does break means? It causes breakthrough, which means God says there's some things that you're never going to get through. Hear me. Unless I break something off of you. There are certain doors that you cannot walk through with too much baggage. Matter of fact, when you go to the airport, there are certain things you cannot take with you. You have to let them go through a scanner to make sure that the baggage you have qualifies to get on the plane. And some of you all, watch me, you keep trying to sneak stuff past the scanner to take stuff with you where it does not belong. I pray that no baggage would come with you. Here it is in your September. Come on, Wednesday, say no unnecessary baggage. Say, Lord, break it off of me and get breakthrough in me. Let's go. So he causes breakthrough, then growth, then increase. God says, I allow trauma and trauma produces wounds because it's going to produce breakthrough in you. It's going to produce increase in you. It's going to produce growth in you. So whenever God wants to increase you, what's the uh, what's the indicator? Trauma. Whenever God wants to give you breakthrough, what's the indicator? Trauma. Whenever God wants to bring growth to your life, what's the indicator? Trauma. Hear me. All will hurt, but few will heal. All will hurt, but few will heal. Now, I want you to pay attention to Job 16, 14. Let's go to the verse one more time. Look at the last part of the verse. He runs at me like a what? Like a warrior. This is interesting because this means God says, I'm allowing the trauma. Look at me. On purpose. Okay, why didn't the Lord stop it? Well, if I stop it, no breakthrough, no increase, no growth. So you have to pick what you want. Do you want the trauma of stagnation? Or do you want the trauma of growth, breakthrough, and increase? Because both of them are traumatic. One just happens acutely and one happens over time. There's a lot of people with their traumas that they've been where they're going. Ready? He says it causes breakthrough, growth, and increase. Watch me. Wound upon wound. So that just means this trauma is back to back. And notice it's wound upon wound. Two meanings here. It's wound after wound, but then there's some wounds that get reopened. Let's talk. Let's talk, Wednesday. Let's talk there's some things that you're like I ain't never dealing with that again to only have to deal with it again because God will say this thing it goes deep but the deeper the wound watch me the greater the triumph the deeper the trauma the greater the triumph and I need some of y'all to hear me God knows that it opened up an old wound watch me don't run from it run to it because God's about to bring healing to that area lift your hands and worship God for three seconds for your healing go three, two. One, come on! Somebody say, "Heal me, Lord!" Heal me. Say, "Heal me, Lord!" Heal me. Say, "Heal me, Lord!" Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! He runs at me like a warrior. Now this is interesting, Wednesday. Why is God coming at me like that? Anyone that's ever played sports, wave him if you played sports. You ever had a coach come at you rough? Wave with me if you were ever in band or choir or anything like that. You ever had a band teacher come at you? A music teacher come at you? I'm <laughs> I remember one time I was directing, I was directing, so y'all know I got an administer through music. And I started on the drums and then the keys and all that and did choirs and music stuff and all that and they, to God be the glory, they put me in the Colorado Gospel Music Hall of Fame. I didn't know there was a Colorado Gospel Music Hall of Fame until they put me in. And so... So I remember one time I I was so I didn't play that with my choirs. There wasn't no sloppy choir. There wasn't no slop like I was on it. I see somebody with some gum. I didn't do you couldn't just be on stage any kind of way. I'd say, uh uh, what you doing with that? Yeah, you can go right on through here. You ain't finna embarrass the Lord. Get out, go, change. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me oh listen you can call me major pain i was i was a drill sergeant and i remember one time i was directing the choir and it was a big thing for the governor and uh, i was a teenager i was i was directing the choir and i was directing the choir and then this girl started popping her gum and she wasn't on her notes and we doing the song we going through the whole song i said you are a mess and i'm doing it and i got it and we were moving and we and I said, said after this i'm dealing with you So we having a whole dialogue back and forth, because she decided to clap back. I said, well, baby, you got the right man today. (laughs) Oh, you thought I was a punk, baby. (laughs) Don't get get bougie and punk confused. They're not the same. (laughs) Watch me, watch me. If you've ever been in sports, if you've ever been in sports, watch me, I remember how to coach for that, um, that couple of years I played football. It only took me getting hit one time. And I said, Let me stick to business and ministry. I said, This is not my calling. I said, Because you ain't going to be hitting on me like this. I said, this. I got hit in the middle of a blizzard and I let the ball, I watched the ball flow out and I said, There you go. I was fullback and I, I, I ran that ball down the two hole, blue 22. I got down, ran that ball, the man hit me. I said, Y'all can have this. You are, I'm not good. It's too much stress. I'm not doing this. And we had a coach and he had a red hat and he'd take his red hat off, and he'd throw his hat down, he'd stomp on his hat, (laughs) and I can't say what he said, but he'd say, what in the heck are you doing? And he did it so often, I, I like, would get ready for it, so, you know, I was kinda, you know, I was was playing it, I was like, yep, that play didn't go well. Everybody look at me, everybody look at me, everybody look at me, look at me. You only put a demand on people when you believe they can produce. If God runs at you like a warrior, that means there's a warrior he knows that's on the inside of you. I need you to open up your mouth and say, there's something great on the inside of me. I That's the reason why God puts a demand on you. I need you to stop being mad at the people who put demands on you and instead say, you must see something in me I don't see in myself. And that doesn't mean I should fight that. I should embrace that because you see something great in me. Touch your neighbor on the shoulder and say, walk in your greatness. Tell them. Tiger Woods has a coach. Michael Jordan had a coach. Kobe Bryant had a coach. Every great player had a coach. Magic Johnson had a, had a coach. Peyton Manning had a coach. John Elway had a coach. Terrell Davis had a coach. Why do you think you're the only one that don't need nobody telling you what to do? Everybody great recognizes the value of being checked. Everybody great recognizes the value of submission. Everybody great recognizes the value of somebody running at you and you're like, you coming at me real strong. But guess what? That's making me strong. I- God, the Bible says, runs at me like a warrior. Look at me, we're almost done. And I said this to you on Sunday, all will hurt, but few will heal. This is why this message is called Color Outside the Lines because most people, when it comes to life, they're coloring inside the lines. Now, um, I... Um, Got this coloring book here, amen. and uh, anybody like coloring books? Uh, it's okay. You, come on, oh, Amen, Amen. Some of y'all are like Bishop, This is what I be doing, but I <laughs> got my coloring book. Now, when I color, now I haven't colored something in a while, but when they, you know, whenever I'm sitting and I got my nieces with me, and you know, they bring the little kids menu. Well, you know. You know, I've made, made it a point when they have their little kids menu, i made it a point, you know, to beat them in tic-tac-toe. Because they got to know, I'm the undisputed champion. Ain't nobody ever beat me. You got it? All right, and so I do that, but then sometimes I color. And when I color, I like to, I like to take go real hard around the outline. Anybody else color like that? And then you come in and fill that thing in. What you doing? What you talking about? You know, you don't just start coloring. You need to make the outline. Look at me. Look at me. When it comes to life, most people, you see this? Most people, all they're trying to do is color inside the lines. Healing, though, is not inside the lines. Healing is outside the lines. See, all are going to hurt. Anybody can color this. It takes somebody like you, that's a kid again, to say, I don't see a shape over here, but I'll make a shape over here. I don't... I, 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 I don't know why this happened to me, but I'm not gonna stay stuck in this. I'm gonna come over here outside the lines. It's unfortunate that that relationship didn't go the way that I wanted it to go, and it's unfortunate some of the things that they said. It's unfortunate some of the things that they did. And most people are gonna stay stuck over here. I'm still hurting. It's so wrong. I can't believe they did me like that. But people like us, come on, who people that are like kids again, say I'm gonna color outside of the line. Where, watch me. That's where the healing because anybody can color inside the lines. It takes somebody like you to say, well, I I see that little alien thing over there, but what I'm about to do, I'm about to make a whole other thing over here. And this, some people don't understand why I got to do what I got to do. They don't understand why I'm so faithful to church. They don't understand why I'm so faithful to God, but... I color outside the lines. They, 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 don't understand why I'm so. Come on up and let me show you. Come on up. Uh, they don't understand why I'm, 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 I'm doing this. They don't understand what is happening. They don't understand what's going on. But I'm coloring outside the lines because, uh, watch me. The healing is outside the lines. I need you. Uh, they don't understand why uh, I make sure prayer is a priority. They, they don't understand why I make sure worship is a priority. They don't even understand why I shout like I do, but I'm coloring outside the... Because all will hurt, but few will heal. Say color outside the lines. Bishop, I'm a single mama. Get out the lines. Bishop, I'm a divorcee. Get out the lines. See, every time you put a box on you based on your trauma, you're staying stuck inside the lines. I could easily say, well, you know, the way people done done me, the way people, and and it would be true. I could write books for days. And all I have to do is tell facts. Show receipts. But I choose to be outside the lines. You ready? Well, Bishop, I, I... Ah, you don't know what happened to me as a child. You don't know, you don't know what, what, what. You're in the lines when you could have created a whole other thing. Y'all see that good shade in there? I'm going to do a master class on how to color and preach at the same time. Listen. Say color outside the lines. Well, Bishop, you don't know where I grew up. Get out the lines. Bishop, you don't know. Um, you don't know what my daddy did to me. Get outside the lines. Bishop, you don't know what my mama did to me. Get outside of the lines. Bishop, you don't know how stressful it is to be me. Get outside the lines. Bishop, you don't know. You don't. You act like you're the only one that has ever dealt with any trauma. Not recognizing and not realizing. Listen to me. Listen to me. That if you keep coloring inside the lines, you'll get to the end of your life and recognize that your life has been spent coloring somebody else's image. And you'll literally become what they did to you. You know, I know many people all will hurt, but few will heal. There's an old saying that says hurting people hurt people. And I look at some of the way that certain people deal with people and I'm like, you clearly are not past your trauma. Because all you do is create trauma. And trauma and drama are sisters. So whenever there's something traumatic, there's always something dramatic that accompanies it. It's quiet in the building. Say, all will hurt, but few will will heal. heal. I I choose to heal. Trauma, talk to me, y'all, needs therapy, therapy. and therapy means healing, and there are many ways to heal. I told you this on Sunday. Let me walk through it again. Before age 37, these these were David's wounds. This was David's trauma. Number one, isolation. David was often alone. The trauma of being alone is that you never learn how to deal with people. The trauma of being alone all the time is that when you get around people, you feel uncomfortable. S- society and psychology has given us terms, introvert, extrovert, etc. What if it's just unresolved trauma? What if you always had to be around people and so you're only comfortable around people now and you, the lines tell you you're an extrovert? What if you're so used to being by yourself that the lines tell you, oh no, you're an introverted personality? But the reality is it's unresolved trauma because, watch me, anything God wants to do in your life, it ain't just going to be you. You're going to have to connect with other people. This is why I need you to make sure you got a circle that you can trust. Can you touch somebody on the shoulder and just say, you need people. You need. David didn't do what David did by himself. David did what David did because he had some people with him that he could trust that made it happen for him. The next thing that happened to David as he had inequitable relationships, David, here you are a man, but all of your relationships are with sheep. All of your relationships are with things that are subject to you, which means you have never learned how to have interpersonal relationships when you're able to interact with people. So your conversations go like this. This is why some people always talk, but they ain't saying nothing. Y'all not talking to me. Come on, Wednesday. Then you deal with lions and bears. As a child, you are dealing with animals. You're dealing with rough situations that teach you to be a fighter, which means you see everything as a fight. Nothing is ever common to you. Nothing is ever easy for you. Everything is a fight. I'm sitting here. It's not a fight. Okay, go ahead. Is there a problem? You always asking other people is a problem, and you the only one who got a problem. <laughs> Y'all not saying nothing. Watch me. Then you deal with your brother's attitudes towards you. And for some of you, watch me. The attitude that other people have had towards you have made you become what their attitude was toward you. His brother's attitude towards him was, David, you're arrogant. David, you, you got a bad attitude. David's like, I'm literally just trying to figure out what the man is going to get to fight Goliath. And now, watch me, y'all are making it to where I don't even like y'all. But now, David, you're becoming them because they don't like you. And watch me, you are too high to go that low. I wish I had some people in this building and online that could make this declaration and say, I'm too high to go that low. I'm not. Yeah, I know you're trifling. I'm not coming down there. I know you're inconsistent. I'm not coming down there. I know you don't do what you say you're going to do. I'm not coming down there. Come on, Wednesday. Open up your mouth. Say, I'm not coming down. I'm (laughs) not coming down. Then his mother is missing. So, David, you've never learned the embrace of a woman except sex. You don't know what it is to be embraced by a woman unless that woman wants something from you. So now you're suspect of every woman and you treat women as transactions. That's why it was easy for you to say, I want Bathsheba, come lie with me. I'm married to to Uriah, and? He never learned to appreciate a woman because a man practices how he will treat his spouse based on how he treated his mother. So you never got to practice. And so because you never got to practice, David, now when you see women, it's transactional. Everything is sex. You don't want love. Turn out the lights and close the door. But for what? You don't love them girls. (laughs) Your mother's not present. So she doesn't nurture you. You don't know what it is to be comforted. You know what it is to cry yourself to sleep. You don't know what it is for her to say, son, you did a good job so you look to your sheep to tell you did a good job, which is why you're always concerned about their opinion of you. You're concerned about their opinion of you because your trauma is such that you were never affirmed from above, so you look to be affirmed from beneath, which means, David, even though you're in a leadership position, you're not a great leader because you look to the followers to determine whether or not your leadership is valid. Now, recognizing a leader should always look up, never look down. Correction that flows up is called anarchy. His father's rejection. Jesse didn't really like David. Could you imagine, look at me, and some of y'all are going to answer yes. (laughs) But it's real. Somebody said, let's be real. Come on, we're almost done. Could you imagine knowing that your daddy don't like you? Come on, y'all, we having a party. Everybody come on in the house. Give me some party music. We having a party. Everybody coming in the house. It's going to be an amazing party. Samuel, the man of God, coming to the house. Y'all, we're going to turn all the way up. It's going to be amazing. Everybody come in the house. Not you. You stay here and watch them kids. You stay over here and you watch David. You watch these sheep. You watch these sheep. Watch these sheep. Daddy, can I come in? No. Can I at least get dressed for the party? Nope. Stay over there. So watch me. There's a difference that's made. And you feel the palpable rejection of your father. And you know he doesn't really like you. And it's not because of anything you did. It's because he don't like your mama. David said he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Which means David literally, he's telling you, my father stepped out. Now, Jesse, how are you going to be mad at David from your infidelity? It's amazing what people will punish you for because of what they did. Watch me. They'll walk away from you and have an attitude with you. You ever had somebody do you dirty and then have the nerve to have an attitude with you? And you're like, I didn't do nothing to you. How you mad at me, baby? Bye. Y'all still with me? We're almost done. Then, now he deals, watch me. Now he's dealing with another leader, Saul. So he's already got, look at me, male leadership issues. This is why some of y'all, you're real comfortable being under a woman, but when it comes to being under a man, you have challenges. Okay? He has male leadership issues because your father rejected you. Now Saul, who is this new man that you're under, he wants to kill you. And he's jealous of you. His jealousy is that the people are singing songs about how you've killed your thousands, your tens of thousands, and he only killed his thousands. So Saul is jealous, and so literally Saul would get in a bad mood. So now you're dealing with a moody male leader. There's nothing worse with a man that, that's always in his feelings. It's quiet in this building tonight. Can I teach this thing the way I want to? Y'all just give me five more minutes. I got five on it. We'll be out of here. There's nothing worse than a man that is overly emotional because strength, watch me, because strength will now be wasted in the uncertainty of emotion. So Saul is sitting there. You're supposed to be running the kingdom and you're sitting in there flitching in your seat. (sighs) Can't even sit straight, got an attitude. And then David starts playing. And while David is playing, that spirit starts lifting off of you. And when that spirit starts lifting off of you, then you start thinking, I can't stand that mark. And then you start thinking about all of the previous things in your life, and now you want to take them out on David. So you throw your javelin towards him. David escapes you. You were like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to get him, I'm going to get him. You throw your javelin at him again. He escapes you again. But David, here's your trauma. I can't trust any male leader. I can't trust any male leader. This is why one of the things as a shepherd I strive to do, no, no matter what I deal with, to be consistent because consistency builds trust. Yes, See, you know, some people say, Bishop, why you do this? Why you do this? Why you do that? You ain't got to do it. I know I ain't got to do it. But to me, I want to do my part. Now, I'm not perfect by any means, but I want to do my part to at least be consistent so that you can't say, I can't count on him. That's a lesson for every man. That's a lesson for every leader. Do your part to be consistent. Let people know I can, if I can't count on nobody else, I can count on you. Touch somebody on the soul to say, Be that person. Be that person. Come on, y'all. We're about to go. Then David finally makes a friend. What's his friend's name? Jonathan. Jonathan is Saul's son. And when he makes this friend, the Bible says they're so close, they make a pact with one another. They said, I got your back, you got my back. If somebody is your enemy, they my enemy. You need some Jonathans in your life. that that Watch me. That they will say, when they mess with you, they just mess with me. But guess what happens to his one friend? He dies. And for some of you, watch me, your trauma is that anybody you got close to exits your life either naturally or, or, or through uh, their expiration in the earth. So here's your trauma. I don't get close to people. You're surface with everybody. Nobody knows anything about you. Nobody knows anything deep about you. Nobody knows your wounds. Nobody knows your scars. Nobody knows your trauma. So nobody could even speak to you on an intimate level because you don't do people like that. I ain't getting close to nobody. You ready? Yes. Then Y'all ready? Yes. Then, David, we're almost done. You want to run back to your enemies. And you want to run to the Philistines. Because Saul has got you on the run. And now here's your trauma. Your enemies don't even want you. You offer to them, let me help you get Saul. They're like, Mm-mm. You're like, I'm going to help you get him. I'm the captain of his army. Mm -hmm. so here's your trauma is that you're uncomfortable with change but your past won't have you you are not in your next but your last don't want you y'all still here this next part then David if you read the Psalms you discover he often feels alone he had people around him, but he felt by himself. Why? Because he kept going back to that moment when it was just him and lamb chops play along. <laughs> where kids come to play along and fun things is all we'll ever do. Well, it's lamb chops play along where kids come to play along and fun things is all we'll ever do. Yeah, lamb chops. <laughs> Uh, lamb chops. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> All right, you ready? Look at me, look at me, look at me. David, David, you, you, you feel alone. Because what you do feel comfortable around, you ready? You, can, you can't talk to. What you do feel comfortable around, you can't talk to. And when you do talk, let me explain some of y'all's friendships, what they say back doesn't help. Because I'm like, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm just trying to do this, and, then, and they're like, bah. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> bah. For every anointed person, this is your frustration. Your frustration is that you sometimes are trying to talk to people that don't get it. And you spend half of your time trying to get them to get it, to only have them respond and say, y'all ready? We're almost done. Then David builds an army. And the Bible says that this army he builds turns on him. So now, David, you, you don't trust anybody. Which means you're in a dangerous place because you literally are sitting in a high seat where you trust no one. And look at me, you can never heal from what you don't deal with. So watch what happens to David. David admits it in Psalm 38 and 5. We're about to go up. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. David said, as I look back over my life, I have not handled my trauma right. How many of us can be honest? if we look back over our lives, there's some trauma that we probably didn't handle right. There's some trauma that we probably didn't heal from. And here's the danger of what does not heal. What does not heal can eventually kill. Y'all got me? He says, my wounds stink and fester. What does this mean? They're deteriorating because I'm in isolated inactivity. What does that mean? There is no therapy. There is no healing. And what is his foolishness? Number one, I taught you, it was addictive behavior. Number two, sociopathic behavior. Number three, deceptive behavior. Number four, disloyal behavior. David said, I'm noticing this in me, and it's because although I had triumph, I never dealt with my trauma. And a win does not fix a wound. A throne does not fix trauma. You ready? Here's what some of us think. If I just win, I'll be good. You'll win, but if you don't deal with the wound, you'll be a wounded winner. You'll triumph, but you'll just be a traumatized, triumphant person. And watch me. And God, watch me. Whenever you're, tra- watch me. Whenever you're traumatized and you take a throne, watch me. You will always be insecure on the throne. You'll always be insecure in your wins. Let me help some of you understand why you're insecure in relationships. It's because you're still wounded. And the reason you're insecure in a relationship now is because the wounds of your past are speaking to you. And so whenever you get your win, you still are wounded, so you feel insecure in it. Even if you triumph in something, you feel insecure in it. Hear me, Wednesday, we got to go. Your future needs you healed. Open your mouth, lift your hand, say, my future needs me healed. Come on, I need you to say that thing with authority. Say, my future needs me healed. Say, my next needs me healed. Say, these last four need me healed. In Jesus' name, put a praise behind it. Put a praise behind it. Uh-uh, I need you to put a praise behind it. Like you stepping into September healed. Like you stepping into your next four healed. You will not be stuck. You will not be bound. Come on, Wednesday. Come on, you two. Come on, YouTube, say it again. Say, my future needs me healed. So look at what happens in verse 17. Here's how you know there's unresolved trauma. Verse 17. I'm ready to fall. (laughs) He says, I've been preparing for this. Some of you all, You have been preparing, but your preparation has been negative. David says, I'm ready to fall. But guess what? If you're ready to fall, that means you didn't fall. What does fall mean? I'm ready to halt and give up. But David, you're the king. If you halt and give up, what happens to the kingdom? You're the mother. You're the father. You're the chief executive. You're the team leader. If you halt and give up, oh, I see what happens. You lost the kid in you, so now it's selfish. I got to protect my mental health. I got to protect my emotional health. I got to protect me. I got to protect me. I got to protect my life. I got to protect my money. I got to protect my, 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 my. But David, this was always bigger than you. So why did God trust you to put a demand on you? If when the demand was put on you, you were only going to respond selfishly. Why'd you ask him to use you, David. If when he used you, you were only going to respond selfishly and say, "All these people are using me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You looking? He says, I'm ready to fall. I'm ready to halt and give up. I don't care nothing about this kingdom. I don't care nothing about these people. I don't care nothing about none of this. I don't care nothing about nothing. I'm ready to fall and give up. Here's what's the trip Wednesday. Certain areas of your life can be there while other areas are not there. Why? It's showing you where you have unresolved trauma. It's showing you where you have issues you haven't dealt with. And I want you to pay attention to what the prescription is not. The prescription is not to halt and give up. Please hear me tonight. Say, it is not. I don't know why I keep taking these on and off. It is. No, check this out, though. I walk over here because I'm not looking at that. I pull them down. Then I walk over here like I need them to look at this. And these are not prescription. Say the, say the prescription is not to halt and give up. You don't know what the person next to you, the person online is dealing with, so I just need you to make this declaration. Just touch them on the shoulder. Say, I rebuke the halt in you. I rebuke the give up in you. Say, it's just showing you an area. There's unresolved trauma. You will fight and you will win. You will fight and you will win. Come on, can you just go in for five seconds for the shoulder you're touching? Say, and you shall be victorious. And you shall be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Come on, you two. So watch what he says. He says, I'm ready to, but I didn't. I'm so glad you didn't. I'm so glad you didn't let the devil talk you into it. And for those of you where he did talk you into it, watch the second part of his verse. Because some of y'all, I'm going to keep it 100. Some of y'all, you let him talk you into it. You let him pull you way over there. Let Let me show you. I got you. I got you today. You ready? Verse 18. I confess my iniquity. I'm sorry for my sin. Wait a minute, David. What sin? I didn't go to God for therapy. I reached to everybody and everything else but God. When I was dealing with a lion and bear, I reached to God. When I was dealing with Goliath, I reached to God. When I was dealing with my brothers, I reached to God. But there are some areas I did not go to God for therapy. He says, this is foolish. I'm just going to be honest that we've reached to everything in some areas of our life but God. Everything but God. Everything but God. Who's everything but God? Look what he says. Verse 22. Make haste to help me, O Lord. My salvation, my therapy. It's not Jesus plus therapy, Jesus is therapy. This is important because anything you put next to him, you make equal to him. So I believe in Jesus and vacations. I'm just using that example. Okay, <laughs> I believe in Jesus and this. You make it an idol. And the Bible says he'll pull an idol down. This is why certain things have to be torn down in your life. You're like, why did I lose that? Because God says, you made that equal to me. So since you made that equal, you made that marriage equal to me. So I I tore it down. You made that job equal to me. So I tore it down. You made your kids, uh oh, equal to me. So I, I let them turn on you. Because he says, he says he'll have no other gods. He'll have, tolerate no idols. He'll suffer nobody to sit next to him. One day in the scripture, we're almost done. One day in the scripture, um, they set the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God, and this false god, Dagon. They set him in the room. Do you not know when they set Dagon in the room and Dagon is in the same place as the presence of the Lord, that Dagon, they found him face down? They put Dagon back up. They was like, maybe it's an earthquake going on because earthquakes were natural to happen in that part of, the, uh, part of the earth. They put Dagon back up and they came back in. And this time when Dagon, when, Dagon, when they saw Dagon, Dagon had failed and Dagon was broken into pieces. Because God says, nothing, I won't tolerate anything being treated equal to him. You ready? Say, Jesus is therapy. Let's go up. Exodus 15, 26. For I am the Lord that heals you, which means healing flows from God. All healing flows from God. Now, let me be very pragmatic right through here. I'm going to get real pragmatic, and then we're going to shout, and we're going, okay? Okay. Um, what does this look like practically? Number one, you need a regimen. What is a regimen? It means prescription. You need a prescription, when it, and, and, and not necessarily literally but maybe, right. You need a prescription. Um, for some, you don't heal because you approach emotional healing and healing from trauma. You approach it very haphazardly. See, if you broke your arm, they're going to give you a prescription. They're going to say, you need to do this, need to do this, need to do this. But for most of us, when it comes to therapeutic healing in the realm of our soul, is we just, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I ain't really doing so good today, and I mean, really, you have no regimen. There's no prescription to what you are doing. You got it? Number two, you need a regiment. Once I get a prescription, and I'm gonna make it make sense in a moment, now I need a strict system. I need a regimen, but then I need a regiment. I need to know what I'm gonna do, but then I need to be strict to doing it. Which means, watch me, one of the reasons, I don't miss church is because this is my regiment and my regiment. Yeah. Yeah. See, you can do what you're going to do, but as for me in my house, oh no, this is my regiment and my regiment. Why? Because the more I praise him, the better I feel. The more I give him glory, the better I feel. Come on, I just need you to release a shout. We're almost out of here on three. Just say, this is my prescription. One, two, three. I got to be strict to it. I got to be disciplined to it. They'll tell you with medicine, take these at this time. Take these at this time. Don't eat this with that. Don't eat this with that. Don't take this with that. And here's the third thing. You need a routine, a regular sequence. You need a regimen, a regiment, and a routine. Say regular sequence. This, for David, is how David began to deal with his trauma. He had this when he was with the sheep worshiping. When he got important, when his business started doing well, when he got promoted, when he got the job, when he got the relationship, he broke his regimen, his regiment, and his routine. How do we know he broke his routine? Can we have interactive church? One time it was springtime. They were supposed to be out fighting kings. What was David doing? At home. home. What did he do? He broke his routine. He was up on the balcony when he shouldn't have even been in the palace. What did he do? He broke his regiment. He knew, watch me, God had made him a warrior. So what did he do? He broke his regiment. So some of David's therapy, here it is, and some of this will be yours. Number one, self-reflection. All throughout the Psalms, you see David reflecting. He's looking at himself. Most of us, we don't look at ourselves, we're looking at everybody else. I can't believe so-and-so did me like that. Question is, why are you shocked? (laughs) Things don't go wrong, they start wrong. Nothing went wrong. You knew this. Why are you shocked? You knew this up front. Oh, I know what it was. What it was is, is, is that after you self-reflect, you didn't do the second one. You didn't self-correct. <laughs> after I see myself, then I need to check myself. After I see myself, then I need to check myself. This was David's therapy. If you read the Psalms, this was therapy. Worship was part of David's therapy. That's why he wrote all them songs. That was therapy for him. For some of you, your the use of your gifts and talents become your therapy. So, watch me. Be careful when you monetize it because then it becomes a job and not healing. You got me? David was like, I ain't writing these songs for no royalty. I'm writing these songs so I don't lose my mind. I'm not Doing this for a check. I'm doing this for God's glory because this is healing to me. You ready? Worship was part of his therapy. Writing was part of his therapy. So he didn't just sing the songs; then he wrote them down. For some of you, you need to journal. You 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 need to write it out, type it out, type it up, journal it, chronicle it, do videos. Now, don't post everything. See, the problem with some of y'all is you never heal because you post. And the danger of exposing an open wound is it gets contaminated. Everybody don't always need to know that you're hurting. We look at your posts and we like, this one here. You ready? Last piece, last piece, last piece. That's peace. Working was part of David's therapy. Some people, you're a workaholic. Maybe that's their therapy. It's quiet. All you do is work. And you don't. (laughs) Maybe it's therapy. For all of you who like to tell people they're a workaholic, you doing too much, you always do, you need to slow down. When cars aren't in use, they rust from the inside out. Some of you are tearing yourself up because you don't do nothing. You're always resting. You take more naps than a kindergarten class. Just, oh, I need another nap. For what? You got up at 8. It's 1030. What do you need a nap for? Nap? taking a midday nap. A cat nap. No, you're a whole cougar. That's what that is. That's a <laughs> <laughs> Look, working was part of his therapy. So David was working. David was always doing something. David was going, and when he didn't work, what did he do? He got caught up. For some of you all, you don't understand. Your dedication to your craft is what has kept you from getting into some stuff. And then watch me. You ready? Winning was his therapy. Well, Bishop, I thought you said winning doesn't remove wounds. Mm -mm, It doesn't. Unless for you, the win helps to heal where you felt like you were a failure. Because there's some people, you just need some wins in some areas that become therapy for you. To where you, when you get your credit at a certain level, it becomes therapeutic for you. And when credit karma says, ding, you hit this streak, and you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> what does God use to heal you? Because it's not going to be the same for everybody. And let me say this. Some of you, Stop expecting other people to heal the same way you heal. Amen. Well, you need to do this. Maybe that doesn't heal them. You got me? You, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. I right, right. Ask the, the Lord this question. Say, Father. Father. We're done. Say, in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Make it clear to me what you use to heal me. I need a regimen, a regiment, and a routine. Show me what therapy is for me. I declare healing from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. In Jesus' name. Can you just lift your hands for just a few seconds and the building end online? We're done. September needs us heal. October needs us heal. November needs us heal. December needs us healed. Our future needs us heal. Your family needs you healed. Your kids need you healed. Your church needs you healed. Your business needs you healed. You need you heal. I come against the spirit to halt or give up. Can you just inhale and exhale real fast? In the building and online. You made it. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. It didn't kill you. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. It made you stronger. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. It made you wiser. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. It made you better. You're not what happened to you. You are not what they lied on you and said. You are a survivor. You are not your trauma. Don't classify yourself by that another day of your life. God's going to show you the regimen, the regimen, and the routine. Can I be honest with you? Church is part of that. see it's my regimen it's my prescription some of y'all remember that old school song where they said come on in the room come on in the room jesus is my doctor he write out all my scriptures. he gives me all of my medicine in the room Come on in the room
0: <laughs>
2: Come on in the room Come on you two. Jesus And he right out And he gives me all of my medicine <laughs> We don't we, we do not know that we are way too new school to know that song i four for y'all do that song. Look at me. Look at me. It's prescription. And then for those of you who are casual with church, it has to be a strict system. Think about it with a married couple. You can't have a married relationship and y'all don't have a system. Like we ask you, where your wife at? And I don't know she ain't been here since Tuesday but you know we don't check in all the time we don't believe in traditional gender roles (laughs) okay well y'all about to go see Judge Maybelline in a minute you have a strict system some people when it comes to relationship with God they want it to be loosey goosey like it's some novel at the back of King (laughs) Supers. King Supers for those of my online family that's Kroger basically it's Kroger you want it to be this love novel, and the Lord woke her up at 3 a.m. in the morning and said, come to me, like, this is weird. <laughs> it's weird, it's like, weird, weird. It has to be a strict system, right? So there's, I just, I just want freedom, okay? Well, well, freedom requires more restraint. And then thirdly, watch me, look at me, look at me, look at me. a routine, a regular sequence. This is my regular sequence. Church is part of that. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm way over time. Did you get something today? Color outside the lines. All will hurt, but say this, but I will heal. heal. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, thank you for your healing. Thank you for your love. If you're in this building or you're online, you need to become a Christian for the first time. Number one and number two, you need to recommit yourself to the Lord. Wherever you're at in this building or online, on account count of three, in the building, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up online. I'm going to ask you to do the hand wave emoji or say it me. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord. Or thirdly, if you just want to be sure, you said Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure. No guilt, you all. No condemnation. No shame. If that's you tonight, on three hands up in this building, online, do the hand wave emoji say it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, respond wherever you're at. Hands up in the building. Online, do the hand with the emoji and say, it's me. Hallelujah. Everybody, everybody, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. In Jesus' name, All will hurt, I will heal, because I color outside the lines. In Jesus' name, amen. Just prayed that prayer for the first time and recommitted yourself to the Lord. Take out your phone, text the word DECISION to 877-552-4746. Some of you, you're already saved, but you need a shepherd, and we'd love for you to be a part of our family. You don't have to live in Denver or Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America. And around the world and you can be a part of our family just text the word join harvest is one word to eight seven seven five five two four seven four six or scan the qr code on the screen so my prayer is that tonight as you're driving home or for those of you at home as you log off that god would give you three things that are therapy for you that's my prayer for you do you receive that For me, for me, one of the things that's therapy is conversation. Um, And I have to have conversation with other iron. I cannot talk to aluminum because aluminum ticks me off. Bible says iron sharpens iron. So I have to have conversations with other strong men of God. And that conversation can be healing to me. Today I had a, I was, I intended to be on the phone for two minutes. I said, I'm just calling. Um, Man of God, just checking in, making sure we good, we good, we good. An hour and 50 minutes later. Now, an hour and 50 minutes later, we had a whole experience. I mean, it was just the whole thing. And I said, that's great. Conversation is healing to me. Therapy is healing. I can get on the phone sometimes with Bishop Wright, and we can go for hours. And then after that, I had a whole therapy session. Conversation is healing for me. Working out is healing for me. That's why, like, Bishop, I'm always in the gym. That's not true. I'm not always in the gym, but it's so therapeutic for me, I remember to take my phone out and show y'all what I'm doing. So, but I'm in that gym. Listen, I be praying. I pray in the Holy Ghost. I go up. I'll worship. Don't let me get a groove on at the same time. And one of my songs is going, and then I'm doing my reps. It's healing for me prayer, praise, worship, that's healing for me. You want to know what else is healing? I discovered this. Loving on the people that I lead is healing for me. Looking the people that I lead and all that, that, that's a healing thing for me. I'm just giving you examples. Say, Lord, reveal to me what you use to heal me. For some of you, cooking is therapy for you. Now, don't eat everything you cook. Just cook it and make some plates. Run them plates. For some of you, walking will be therapy for you. Get out your house. You stuck in there all day. And then wonder why you mad and when you deal with people, you edgy. For some of you, encouraging people is going to be therapy for you. Are you getting it? I'm trying to just stir you up. You getting it? Amen. Did y'all get some out of this word today? Can we release one more praise in the building and online? Yeah. Hallelujah. If you came in late, you weren't able to give, I want you to get that ready. Um, also, if you um, want to sow the seal, I want you to get that ready. 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 Bishop, what do you mean, sow the seal? When a word speaks life into you, you sow into that word remember there are two of you that the Lord spoke to me you're, you're to release a thousand dollar seed today on this last day of the month if that's you that's your confirmation, obey God whatever you sow tonight you can use the cash app, dollar sign, Bishop Homer with the number two at the end, PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, and Given, all of that's available Father speak to us what we are to sow, to seal this word tonight, in Jesus name Hallelujah For somebody on my right, you're going to get a phone call tomorrow. The number is going to begin, the prefix It's going to be 619. Answer that phone call. Don't send that phone call to voicemail. That phone call is going to be the answer to something you've been praying for for a long time. Come on. Seal that prophecy. And it is so. Amen. And your giving give in to the Lord in the building and online. I love you, Wednesday. Love you. See you on Sunday, 9, 15, 11, 15. We're starting a new series. Um, it's called How to Win No Matter What You're In. I'm literally going to take you right from David right to the next piece. It's going to be amazing. Lift your giving to the Lord in the building and online. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I sow, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, because you love a cheerful giver. As I sow, I know that a harvest has been prepared for me. Goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. I am healed. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.